so fancy. fancy. <laughs> <laughs> we have been friends for far too long. We really have. Wow. Uh, hey, how's it going? Oh, God. I want to kill myself. Not really. This is not a cry for help. But oh, my God. Our technical issues have reached like a penultimate something. Case. I don't I can't like, do it anymore. I don't like that word because penultimate means the next to last. So there's something greater coming. Our computers simultaneously catch fire. That's the next step. That's fine. Um, so Aaron, did you survive yes. your holidays? Uh, barely. But first, we have something very serious to discuss. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Is it that Harry should have been able to see the Thestrals for much longer in the book series than um, described in the Harry Potter book series? Because that has always um, really eaten at me. And I think now's the perfect time to get to it. No. Okay. You're recording both of us, right? Yes. Okay, good. Because I started recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. We have to talk about cereal. Oh, God. Okay. Tell the class what you like to eat for cereal, Paul. Or should I call you Grandpa? <laughs> um, I like Fruit Loops. Nope. I like cinnamon toast crunch. Nope. I like golden grams. Nope. I like grape nuts. Yep. Say that louder. <laughs> I like grape nuts. Okay. <laughs> you know who else likes grape nuts? Um, Grandparents guess all over the world. Betty White. No way. Betty White is a Cocoa Puffs lady. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> Cocoa Puffs get soggy too quickly. What? They get soggy too quickly. You're not eating them right then. I don't know how, what you're doing, but you're doing it wrong if they get soggy too quickly. If you eat them too fast, they hurt the roof of my mouth. Okay. I see where the grandpa thing sets in now. (laughs) God, you did that to yourself too. You know what the worst part is? Talk about doing it to myself. I texted you and said, okay, I'm almost ready to record. And you said, uh-huh. cool. I'm looking for the thing I'm supposed to make fun of you for. Uh-huh. And you said, I've got to go look through my group chats. And the thing is, this was a Snapchat conversation. So you would have never found it. I could have coasted through and you with your lost my teeth great auntie self would have never remembered and instead i fucking told you you were making fun of me for grape nuts you sure did i told you what to make fun of me for i you sure did i would like it to do okay pretend this is maricopa county we are recounting we're restarting this podcast and in this version i come out on top no if it works for the conservatives it works for me is that really the hill you want to die on? I don't know yet. Where were you on January 6th? Um, listen, actually, <laughs> I was in class telling my students, I was like, y'all, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but there's <laughs> shit going down. 
Oh my God. So do you want me to tell the people about how my haunt, how my, my haunt is housed? <laughs> I would love to hear how your haunt is housed. <laughs> Y'all, my house is haunted. So um, last night I was getting ready to go to bed and I heard a crash. And at first I thought it was the cat, but she was under my bed. And so I came out into the living room, kind of looked around, made sure all the doors were locked and went back to bed. Like you do. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've all done it. Okay. I'm not going to die imminently back. To yeah. <laughs> I was really tired. So then this morning I get up <coughs> and I say this morning, I mean, I didn't notice till about one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Cause I was like home from church when I got your text. Oh no, no, no. I noticed the first part in the morning. It wasn't until oh. later that I saw the second part. So gotcha, in the gotcha, morning gotcha. I saw that a, um, a thing I had hanging on my wall for Christmas had fallen down. And I was like, oh, that must be the crash I heard. Okay. And like, I can rehang that. Right. And then I turned around and I have a set of four mirrors that hang on my wall. And one of them was on the floor too. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but whatever. Um, Command strips and all. Right. (laughs) And then about one o'clock, I walked into my guest bathroom where there are two shelves on the wall that are attached by nails, not command strips. And the nails are still on the wall, meaning that whatever was on the shelf was not too heavy and they didn't like tear through the wall or anything. Those shells fucking flew off the wall and everything on them, which was of course breakable, was shattered all over the floor. Yep. Nope. Hard pass. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out sharks. I feel like this city is like literally trying to expel me. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to tell you to go. Yeah. Um, my favorite part was when our friends were trying to make you feel better and they were like, what if one of your neighbors just had such wild sex that everything fell off your walls? Um, that does not make me feel better because I'm not the one having the sex. Right? Well, and also like- If I'm going to have my shit destroyed, I want to be the one that destroys it right. by my own sex. I don't want to get the whole HOA involved. For real. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, well- I would offer you my guest room, but it's yes. occupied. Yes. However, you and Junie can sleep on our sectional. It's big. You've seen it. Uh-huh. And I guess I'll just tie my kid to the top of the car and tell him to sleep there. He can sleep on the top bunk of my son's bed because the past <laughs> four nights, and I've not told y'all this in our group chat because I've had so much going on, but the past four nights, every when I tuck him in, he points to the top bunk and goes, daddy, that's where the girl sleeps. I'm sorry, what? So I hate to tell you this, but it's time. You got to get rid of that kid. (laughs) It's been a good year and a half. (laughs) It has, it has, but that kid is haunted. Also, hasn't it been two years now? No. Because didn't you get him right before Christmas? No, I got him September of last year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going crazy. I don't even know. So you want to hear a story that's going to get me real fired up? How, is it the most recent elimination on making the cowgirls Dallas cheerleaders? No, Lydia. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a little movie called The Client List. That is what I watched this week. Um, 
can I just say though that I love me some Jennifer Love Hewitt? She was in the gonna, movie, right? Yeah, we're gonna okay. get to it. But first of all, I want to say my first problem with this movie came in when I tried to watch it, and every streaming platform, including YouTube, wanted me to pay thirteen dollars. We don't have thirteen dollars. That's what I. I almost like when I was texting. I almost said, "I'm not doing this." <laughs> I would have, I would have killed you. I would have come <laughs> through the phone. Like I had finished my notes and t- rewarded myself with a nap. So I found it on a website. That's probably not all that legal. Your computer <laughs> now has an STD. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, but I watched it and I didn't have to pay $13 for it, which is good. Cause um, I'm never going to watch it again. I, so. I don't know why it, from the reviews that I read, it's a cinematic masterpiece. Yeah, it nearly won an Oscar in 2010. Wait, is that a for real thing? No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I gotta leave. <laughs> oh my God. What channel do you think we cover on this show? Listen, Disney Channel has some daytime Emmys or has some Emmys um, for true confessions and... Um, the color of friendship, both such good movies. Yeah. Did you know what I heard might actually get nominated for an Oscar? Um, the YouTube re-airing of Kanye cutting off Taylor at the 2008 MBAs. No, the 10 minute all too well short film. It should. It like, it literally qualifies under the qualifications for a short film that like make it Oscar eligible. It qualifies if Taylor Swift fucking gets an Oscar for being the world's pettiest petty, I like, I have always loved her, but I will have to build that shrine I've threatened for years. I'm telling you, if she wins an Oscar for this, Jake Gyllenhaal will never recover. <laughs> <laughs> and she better thank him in her speech. Um, and, <laughs> and to the inspiration of it all, Jake Gyllenhaal. And then she's just two middle fingers. Yeah. Just straight like my up. scarf, motherfucker. <laughs> That's it. So I'd like to thank God. Although what I'm hearing now is like the scarf is, uh, well, it's what I've always heard, but the scarf is a reference to something else. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> a, a, a scarf that she's not going to get back yeah well uh-huh. what's great is all the all the parody videos on tiktok that are like maggie gyllenhaal calling jake uh-huh. and being like you did what in my guest <laughs> <laughs> no okay so that um article i sent y'all that's like the youtube musician who's done an all too well cover defending jake gyllenhaal and the only thing i could think was I re- I read this and I was like, she's n- he's not going to fuck you, dude. Like no matter how many times you stick up for him, he's not going to come knock on the door and be like, "Thank you for all the beautiful things you said to about me." I brought um, you this scarf. <laughs> you can take my scarf. Also, can we like can can us women not have a fucking moment, right, to ourselves? Jesus <laughs> Christ, I can't. Anyway, for more on that, pop over to our Patreon and learn about Pope Joan. Yeah. <laughs> Back to patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Back to yeah. the client Back to list. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Okay. Yeah. It stars Jennifer Love Hewitt. She plays Sam. You will know her from I Know What You Did Last Summer, 
Heartbreakers, The Ghost Whisperer, Criminal Minds, and Can't Hardly Wait, which is one of my favorite high school movies. And then we have Teddy Sears. He plays Rex. He is in the upcoming or currently airing American Crime Story Impeachment. I'm sorry. I I can't not interrupt you. I just got a text from Dr. Sarah Uh that says, what does it say about me if I am drinking, drinking key lime pie gosa out of a tumbler with my kid's face on it? She's a good mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You tell her I said that. Um, He's also in The Flash, Masters of Sex, and my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas in Evergreen. Yes, I love Christmas in Evergreen. The one that ends up with Ashley Williams. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sybil Shepherd is in this movie. Um, as in with anything else, she plays herself because she doesn't play anything else. Um, she's from Sybil, Moonlighting, and Taxi Driver. You know, but how great are you when you get to just play yourself and then have a whole TV show named after you? we have linda boyd she plays jc and she is included for <laughs> oh my god the universe hates us you're Anyways, start throwing shit off my walls now yeah i send it back to you <laughs> get um, back on the top bunk Anyways, JC or Linda Boyd is included for no reason except she's played the mom in two Christmas movies I've watched this weekend and it's given me a bit of whiplash. Um, <laughs> plus, I think she's super funny. Um, she's from Virgin River and the two Christmas movies I watched this weekend and Unexpected Christmas, which was amazing. Oh, was and, it? Oh, good. And Christmas in Tahoe. And she was in my favorite movie too. Christmas and Evergreen. Well, this is just a reunion. Although I may have to replace Christmas Evergreen with an unexpected Christmas because it was that so good. So huh. good. Tyler Hines, Joy Lynn's, um, and the script was written by Paul Green. It was incredible. So, 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 so good. That's a great combination for sure. It was wonderful. Okay. So we are in Midland, Texas. Yeah, we are. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who I am going to switch spellings, uh, is getting dressed just because her name, her name is too long. Um, just call her Jenny. That's what I do every time we chat. We're, B- we're BFF. We go way back. Me and Jenny. Jenny, Jen, Jen. <laughs> Ren, Jen, Jen. Can I? Call- I'm done. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt, if you need her. so that you can send him a restraining order i will give it to you Um, anyway she and her husband are getting ready to go to the bank she tells her daughter that it's better to be pretty than good at video games awesome um i would like to point out that your your child is getting like a huge scholarship for video game design so maybe both is good a big fat one Mm -hmm. um Sybil's here to watch the children and complain about how hot it is and shitting on her daughter's housekeeping, like moms in Texas do. <laughs> yes. Sam gets dressed and puts on pumpkin perfume because she read in a magazine that magazine that it makes men horny. Okay. <laughs> Wait, say that to me again. She puts on pumpkin perfume because she read in a magazine that it makes men horny. Um. Okay, so I... I made a pumpkin scented soap this year Mm -hmm. 
it did not have any kind of aphrodisiac effect on me, so I did it wrong. Yep, you sure did. Um, okay, let me let me send a quick text to Sarah and ask her if she can start wearing some pumpkin perfume for science. <laughs> this movie is a gift. So <laughs> they go to, to the bank and um, Sam unbuttons Rex's shirt just in case the bank guy is gay, obviously. Um, <laughs> uh, they run into... Sam's main frenemy and uh, her husband's ex-girlfriend outside of a bank. She's a real treat. Um, They go into the bank because they're being foreclosed upon. She flirts really hard with the bank man, but he tells them tough shit. Um, She reads him to filth, which good for her. Um, So he gives them a month's extension. She goes to commiserate with her friends and apply for a job as a waitress. Um. She also decides to go apply for a job at a massage place an hour away from Midland. Okay. So she drives to the oil field in their rusty pickup truck to apply for the job. She meets JC and Doreen, the owners, and they spend a lot of time talking about pageants and their kids. And then they hire her on the spot. <clears throat> okay. At home, they celebrate and have pancakes for dinner. And the next day, she starts her new job. She meets all of her new coworkers, and they pull back a two-way mirror to show Sam the specific technique of their massages. Oh, are they deep tissue or hot stone? No, they do the kind of blowjobs. Oh, how do I? <laughs> okay, just so I don't accidentally stumble into one of these when I'm searching for a massage, because I've never had a massage. Um, how do I click the filters to find those places so I never go to one? I'm calling your wife. <laughs> <laughs> like Shit's Creek. You got a happy ending massage on our wedding day? You paid for it? Oh, that is an argument that would 100% happen between me and Sarah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Now I can't get that scene out of my head. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess she runs out. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Um, she runs out and she has to go pick up her drunk-ass husband from the bar. He's all sad because he hurt his knee and he can't get a job. They have to stop and get gas and her card gets declined and Rex has a dollar well, he didn't unbutton that shirt enough because all they got was an extension. They didn't get a loan, too. Nope. Um, so she goes on an epic rant about how a girl as pretty as her shouldn't be poor. That's what I'm going to start saying. Anytime, anytime I'm mildly inconvenienced, I'm going to be like, a girl as pretty as me should not be dealing with this bullshit. I do that all the time listen, but it's kind of true for you. Like I don't have much to offer this world by way of looks. (laughs) (laughs) She yells and screams some more at Rex. And then she calls the massage place and takes the job. The next morning she gets the kids off to school and goes to work. The girls show her the ropes, like where to find the condoms and the Viagra they give away for free. (laughs) (laughs) I have to like complete. Apparently, I, you can get Viagra 
at a massage joint in Midland, Texas, but I have to drive to another state to get enough, like to get healthcare for myself. Listen, it's not my fault that white men with ED literally control everything. We're going to get to that. <laughs> um, so she meets everyone else and they all get dressed for the day. Sam mentions she might throw up and one of the girls tells her that it's just like killing someone. It gets easier. I was like, ma'am. Is there something you'd like to share with the class? <laughs> She and her, she and the youngest girl there take a shot together. Her name, the youngest girl is Emma, and that's important later. Um, they take a shot together and they go to work. She starts massaging the guy and starts telling him how to be a better husband. <laughs> and, then, and then her phone starts ringing and she takes the call from her kid about how she won the spelling bee. Oh, no. Oh, oh, God. Um, the guy is a little bit put off. Um, he goes to leave and she tries to convince him to stay and tells him, um, tells him again how to do better with his wife. So he's like, I'm really going to go. And before he can leave, she takes off all her clothes and she's Jennifer Love Hewitt. So she's hot as fuck. So he stays. If I had a dollar for every time I took off all my clothes to make a mediocre white man stay. I've done it more than you. <laughs> I'd have $6. I'd have more dollars. <laughs> this is going to be our first nine hour long episode because I can't shut my mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I have plenty to say. Don't worry. On her way home, though, she pulls out a purse full of cash as she apologizes to the angel on her dashboard. She pulls over and throws up everywhere. And then she goes to talk to her bestie, who is not supportive. Uh, of her new career endeavor until she sees how much money she made in one single day. And then she's like, you know what? What's two blowjobs between friends? She's like, well, I support you. <laughs> and then things get a long montage of Sam in lingerie spraying whipped cream and then walking into the bank and slamming cash on the table. And then back to her doing the lingerie thing. Um, you know, because she's Jennifer Love Hewitt, they got to get as much out of that as they can. Right. Gratuitous scenes because they yes. paid for all that. Um, she sees one of her clients at church. Whoop. <laughs> um, she tells her bestie how nobody ever, oh, because she and her bestie are talking about like what's been going on and whether she's going to quit or not. And she's like, you know, it's so funny. Nobody ever asks me where the money comes from as long as I'm the one handing out presents. Interesting. In bed, Rex whines because he's not the breadwinner anymore. Grow up. Um, one morning, she walks into the salon and finds her frenemy's husband in her room. Oh, shit. But she kicks him out. She's like, get out of here. I'm not doing this with you. And he was like, he, and he is like, well, you know how much she talks about you? Like, we could, we could really stick it to her. And she's like, by letting you stick it to me? No. And they came so close. They should have said in. They should have yeah. said in. This is a stick in. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, and now it's Christmas. Yay. Sybil tells Je uh, Sam she's working too hard and she's starting to get wrinkles. <laughs> Did they just 
take like every southern mom we've ever met and crush them into one character oh yeah okay um she tells her um oh no sorry uh sam buys rex a new motorcycle for christmas and he gives her his new business card because he's gotten a job as an exterminator okay and she's like this is so great and he's like no it's gross but it's money is that what he gave her in lieu of a christmas present because that's not how christmas works i don't know it was it was kind of sweet i get it okay i mean if she is the breadwinner remember because he's all bitter about that you know that's true you can't really borrow money from your wife to buy her a christmas present oh i can um as someone, not, one of one of either rex or paul is with the times on a woman breadwinner and it's not rex <laughs> as the non-breadwinner in this family uh i show enough sure did just buy her birthday present with our <laughs> joint bank account knowing i contributed nothing to that this year um the young girl emma and um Sam are talking one morning and look through the double glass, right? Because one of the rooms has double glass so they can watch. Okay. Um, like a two-way through, window? Yeah. Like a two-way mirror. Like okay. a two-way mirror um, so that they can, because they do it, I guess, for every one, every client's like first time. Okay. So they can make sure it like goes okay. Um, so Emma and Sam are talking one morning, looking through it. And the man on the other side is Emma's preacher, and she's like very religious and Pentecostal. Okay. Um, so she runs out of the the um, the spa. Um, Sam runs up behind her, and she's like, and the girl asks Emma asks her to pray with her, and she's like, you know what? You should go to that church across the way and pray with them. And instead of doing that, she goes over there, and they're like, "Hi, can we help you with something?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm going to tell you all about all the shit that's going down over there." <laughs> She's like, I need to fucking confess. I'm glad you're not Catholic because y'all keep that a secret. Yeah. You're Presbyterian. Great. You'll tell everybody. Yeah. Especially if I say, don't tell anyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, she leaves work. Uh, oh, sorry. Sam leaves work late to get to her son's flag football game. Rex is mad that she missed the kids touchdown. Um, the next morning, she sleeps through her alarm, so her husband tells her she really needs to cut back her hours. Um, her coworkers are jealous that all the clients want to see her, so they watch her through the mirror. And it turns out she just remembers things about their lives, and this is going to come in handy for her in about 20 minutes. Yes, it will. <laughs> One of her clients offers her cocaine to help her stay awake. She goes home and falls asleep. Or she says no, and then she goes home and falls asleep, but her daughter wakes her up because she has to make a castle cake for the bake sale. And so she remembers the cocaine in her bag, and the next morning there is an absolutely perfect castle cake. So now Sam does coke. Okay. Yay! Um, as it turns out, cocaine doesn't make you the most pleasant person to be around. Well, that's weird. Um, Sybil comments on her weight because she's losing weight and so sam gets really grumpy um everyone's worried about her but don't actually do anything about it sam keeps running out though because that's how drugs work so now she's just screwing this one guy for cocaine and she looks like shit because that's also how drugs work right she yells at her daughter in a doctor's office and then thankfully pulls herself together um 
Sam starts to lose her special touch with her clients. And um, she's in a session where the guy's handcuffed to the table and trying to tell her about his in-laws visiting. And um, she's like, can we just do this thing? And then the police come in and everyone gets arrested. (laughs) (laughs) They search the premises and find Sam's cocaine. Poor Rex is at a bar watching a game and is about to get a really disappointing surprise. Oh, Cowboys lost again. Yeah. Um, the news interrupts with a special report of the raid and they show Sam getting walked out to a police car in lingerie. Can you fucking imagine? No. <laughs> um, her friend, the bartender, goes and is like, uh, I'm gonna, I guess I'm gonna go bail her out since you're gonna sit here and look like a like a fish yeah <laughs> with your mouth open um <laughs> so she goes and bails her out and then lectures her obviously rex is waiting up on her so she goes and cries to him he's super pissed and has some words for her so she stays up all night and watches old pa- pageant videos of herself like you do um her daughter wakes up and comes to cuddle with her <clears throat> and her other friend who is a lawyer agrees to represent her and to smuggle makeup to her in jail should have come to that so that's a true friendship that is a true friend they talk about how the spa got outed by emma the girl who used to work there and so her lawyer friend explains that the side effects of quitting she explains all the side effects of quitting cocaine and that the best way for sam to stay out of jail for this is for her to start handing over the names of the clients so she starts spilling the beans as i would too because these are guys are gonna get a slap on the wrist and sent on their merry way uh-huh. As the lawyer friend says, quote, they'll spend more time on the couch than any place else. Yep. Um, pretty soon, all of the girls are spilling the beans. They end up with 69 names on the list. Appropriate. Um, yes. And now we cut to everyone in town gossiping about who may or may not be on the list and what their wives are going to do with all their stuff when they find out. Pro tip, sell the boat, don't destroy it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sybil comes into work um, at the salon and so that all the ladies there that are gossiping, you know, bless her heart. Um, Rex and the kids go to stay with his parents. Um, Sam says a very sad goodbye to her kids, which prompts them to ask if she's going to die. Great. And Rex is being a real dick and I'm not sorry about that. He is being an asshole and he shouldn't be. You're the one that was going to lose your house, buddy. Right. Um, they leave and um, so Sybil comes over to complain about how she must have raised Sam all wrong and how her problem is that she gave her too much self-esteem. Yeah, that you've proven that, Mom. Good job. Sam's go- Sam goes to see if the papers come yet and unfortunately the news is outside because the client list has dropped and we cut to everyone around town seeing who's on it. All the guys get arrested, but they won't have any harsh consequences because if you don't already know, the justice system in America is set up to protect prominent white men and their property, which at the time included women, children, and people of color. Yeah, That's why we can't get anywhere in this yep. world. Um, um, by the way, I cut this out of my notes, but it's a fun anecdote, so I'll stick it here. Um, when this list that you just talked about came tr- came out in real life, mm-hmm. um, 
the Texas Monthly article I read talked about a guy who had a common name. They didn't say what it was, but he had like a very common name who went and told his wife, like, you know, like I didn't do anything. So if, if someone with my name appears on that list, it's not me. Cause there are 10 other guys with my name, which was like a true statement. And his wife said, well, then you better hope none of the 10 of them show up on the list either. That was the frenemy <laughs> and her husband. That oh, conversation for real? happens. Mm-hmm. Damn. They yeah. just, they ripped off this Texas monthly article. This whole movie is mm-hmm. just the Texas monthly. Okay. Um, so uh, Rex watches the news with his daughter and then we cut to the ladies being sentenced at the plea bargain hearing. They get 30 days in jail, a fine and an extra hundred dollars for something else. Um, court adjourns and Sam goes to jail over in the church. The preacher gives a sermon about the incident while the women are being processed into jail. He talks about forgiveness. Blah, blah. Five weeks later, Sam is at home, just kind of existing in the quiet. She wishes out loud that a Jehovah's Witness would come by so she would have someone to talk to. Poor thing. She hears a noise outside and is like, really? That's the wish. That's the one? Like, <laughs> But she goes to the window and instead it's her frenemy and a bunch of seemingly pissed off women ringing her doorbell. Um, and she actually, so they made a point in the movie. She did not name her frenemy's husband. She asked them to keep his name off the list. Right. Um, so she invites them all in and makes them tea, which is really nice for women that are seemingly about to scream at you. Dick with pitchforks, yeah. Yeah. She um, she kind of explains where she was coming from with all of this, and she apologizes to them. And it turns out they're not there to yell at her. They're all there for tips on how to keep their husbands home and entertained in the bedroom. <laughs> Did not see that coming. Okay. So she leans over to her frenemy and is like, hey, for what it's worth, when your husband came to call and I sent him home. And then she pulls out some fruit for a demonstration. <laughs> Just like high school sex ed all over again. Yep. At her diner job, she and one of the other girls, Tanya, share a cupcake for Sam's birthday. It's one of her kids' birthdays the next day. So she's going to see Rex for the very first time. They go to a knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese. Sybil approaches her in Chuck E. Cheese to tell her that even though she did a supremely awful thing, she's more than just pretty. She's smart and capable and strong. Oh, thanks, Sybil. (laughs) Rex comes over to talk to her and tells her she looks good. He asks her what she wants. And when she looks at him and says, you know what I want, he proposes taking baby steps. And she's like, this is the second best birthday present ever. And that's the end. Oh. Yeah. So they get back together. That's a, that was, they could have taken that a million ways. Mm-hmm. So do you, did Which you. Which is interesting because I watched the show. I was about to ask if you did. Before. And the whole premise of the show is that this guy leaves her high and dry with nothing. And she goes, like, she starts the job in the show because her husband has left her and she has no way to make money. Yeah. Is it the same character? Is she Sam in the show? Yeah. Interesting. It's the same character, but it's like her and um, Sybil's in it. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, what? I lost you. Um, There you are. I found you. Um. Sybil's in it too. She plays the mom. And um, it's just like, it's her falling in love with her brother-in-law really is what it is. Her ex-husband's brother? 
her her husband okay. because he left her. He didn't divorce her. He just oh. left her. And so it's her husband's brother. Great. What an interesting pilot for this show. <laughs> Yay, Texas. Yay, Texas. All right. Well, as I mentioned, um, and my I t- notes were really short because I took them on my phone while I was watching this movie on my computer. Oh, you're fine. Um, I took the bulk of my notes from this Texas monthly article called she had brains, a body and the ability to make men fall in love with her. No, to make men love her. Okay. So, um, at 10 in the morning on May 27th, 2004, my little brother's 10th birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to Seth. Um, Kathy and Sharon Joyner were sitting in the front room of Healing Touch Massage in Odessa, Texas, with two of their employees, Paige and Melinda. Okay, I love how Odessa made this movie set in Midland. Right? That is like so peak Midland Odessa. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the Texas Monthly actually painted several juxtapositions between Odessa and Midland mm-hmm. that Odessa was where all the working class people lived and Midland was where like the oil tycoons have mm-hmm. had their lives, but that the rich people from Midland were driving into Odessa just for this place. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I find it funny because that yeah. there's a big rivalry between if you're from, if you're from Texas, you know, but if not, it, there's a big rivalry between Midland and Odessa. Yeah. Um, so, um, they were all waiting for Lexus, who was another, another employee of healing touch. She was returning from the store with beers. And I'm like, why like 10 in the morning is a little early for beer, but maybe not. Maybe I don't understand beer. I don't know if you had to have sex with like multiple people on one day. Maybe, maybe they're they're prepping pre-gaming. Um, so when she finally arrived, she put down the cases and took a call on her cell phone. And before she could even hang up, more than a dozen police officers had rushed in and slammed the girls up against the walls. The women nice. that was clearly, I was copying what they wrote, um, slammed the women up against the walls. Sharon, still unaware that the officers were investigating her for drugs, sat calmly and finished chewing the burrito that she was eating and then said, you got some paperwork for me? <laughs> I'm like, I like Sharon. I do too. The agents responded by handing her a search warrant for drugs based on an undercover informant report that Kathy and Sharon had sold him seven grams of cocaine. Okay. Sharon and Joyner, Sharon and Kathy Joyner were the madams of Healing Touch Massage. Yes. And um, their search of their home and business came up dry. But when the police searched the employees in their cars, they found cocaine on Melinda and Lexus. And just like that, nobody's secrets were safe in Odessa. What's really funny is like during the arrest scene in the movie, um, the JC, like the massage owner is like, well, why don't you call your sergeant? And then one of the other girls is like, and tell him that Doreen says hi. Yes. No, they were pulling no bars. Uh, So in the months following Sharon's and Kathy's arrests on drug charges, as rumors were leaked to the media about um, a, what was at the time called a prostitution investigation, um, 
and this whole article, because it was 2004, just says prostitution. I'm going to work very hard to say sex worker. I think I caught it every time that I started to type what they had written, you know. Um, well, and what's frustrating is, and my personal belief is that this should not be a crime. Right. And so it's really hard for me to right. like, talk about. Yeah. Um. Let's see. As rumors were leaked into the media about a prostitution investigation and the parlor's long client roster, Odessa's 91,000 citizens were swallowed by this controversy that they just called the list. Everybody wanted to know who was on it. Husbands tiptoed around their wives. This is a direct quote from Texas Monthly. Mm -hmm. Husbands tiptoed around their wives who in turn eyed them in suspicion. And in July, with Lexis and her co-workers having named names in exchange, in exchange for lighter sentences, 68 men were in handcuffs. So I liked that Lifetime added one more. So it wasn't a direct take. And also because yeah. 69 is the sex number. I don't know if you knew that. It's a funny joke. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Please explain <laughs> the joke to me. Okay. So apparently when you have sex 69 times, you level up. That's the only, that's the only reason I can imagine it's a sex number. Otherwise I don't get it. I leveled up a long time ago. I'm still waiting. So so, let's see the, um, the roundup of former healing touch clients included an assistant district attorney, a city planner, the owner of an insurance company, several teachers and a well-known rancher. Um, and then it said one could practically hear the champagne corks popping in the homes of local divorce lawyers. I bet. <laughs> and then it said the hullabaloo made even the 1973 Lagrange, Lagrange chicken ranch bust seem quaint. And we love a good chicken ranch reference. Did you just nearly say Lagrange? In Louisiana, it's Lagrange. In Texas, it's Lagrange. I know that's why I, have, that's why I corrected it. <laughs> Lagrange. Um, I'm sorry, Louisiana, y'all are weird. Lagrange is a high time. school in the town where Sarah grew up, um, and so that is more common. But yes, Lagrange Chicken Ranch bust seemed quaint. Um, so much of the information they used in their bust came from this woman, Lexis. Um, she was not the usual candidate for a job at the healing touch. She was this young perky kind of cheerleadery wife and mother. And, um, she was known as a born nurturer who'd taken college classes after graduating from high school in hopes of working in some form of physical therapy or nursing. Um, and before, so this bust happened in 2004. And so as recently as the fall of 2003, she had been giving legitimate massages at an Odessa physical therapy center while mm-hmm. her husband worked on an oil rig, but, um, her company downsized and she lost the job at the same time as her husband became very ill and he was forced to quit his. Interesting. And then it said they found themselves with $8,000 of debt and two car payments. And I was like, man, 2004 was a different time because <laughs> 8,000 is, I will trade eight grand, <laughs> right? I will trade eight grand and two car payments for my debt. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like 
2004 was wild if that was also a cars can be sold um oh so for God. for a while they relied on his parents for money but lexis was determined to prove her financial independence um and she was not nice about the way they accepted money from his parents like she even told the Texas Monthly that she said, quote, you want your mama to pump some milk so I can make popsicles out of it. And I'm like, I understand like having pride, but that's a little, little much. What? Um, so that doesn't make any sense. I know. She said he was just too much of a mama's boy. Um, well, I've, I mean, I've I met a few, but if mama's going to pay our bills. Right. I can relax some of my standards on that. Right. That means I'm not going to work though. Right. One day when one of her husband's friends mentioned that he knew a way she could make some fast cash, she gladly climbed in the truck with him to go visit the healing touch. Can you imagine like, no, her husband's buddy is who was like, Hey, I know where you can go to make some money. What the fuck, dude? So, um, the man introduced Lexus to the madams, Sharon, who was a 49 year old, um, described as a spitfire with a quick wit and Kathy, who was a 45 year old redhead with a pierced tongue. So Texas monthly is painting a picture for you. Um, And they told her that they would let her sit in on a session. Um, and so Lexis followed her husband's friend and one of the um, women of the healing touch into the massage room. And um, Lexis just had to sit there and watch her husband's buddy get um, the happy ending he thought he deserved. And she said she just stood in the corner trying to convince herself that this place was clean and friendly. Um, and she thought I could do this if it makes really that good of money um everyone has a price point right also there should be absolutely no shame in sex work no i do not i understand the stigma but it's time to like let it go you know right so the few things that i do want to say before going on is that a this was written from the narrative of 2004. Definitely the yeah. stigma has changed quite a bit. It's not completely gone, but it has changed quite a bit. Things have um, changed. And with me too, her husband's friend would have ended up with the shit beat out of him at the very least. Right. Um, I mean, even in 2004, had she gone home and told her husband, he probably would have beat the shit out of his friend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the other thing is just because of where my specific um boundaries are i i get uncomfortable talking about sex work as somebody who does not know how to um talk about it without being offensive i don't know how to say that you don't know like the, the language? Yeah, like I don't know the appropriate language in a way that's not offensive because I don't mean to be offensive, uh-huh. but I'm from as you you know, as you are, but you are a lot more forward thinking than I have been in my life. I'm kind of catching up. I grew up in the very conservative south where 
all sex is something you don't talk about unless it's to judge someone. I was Um, on a thread the other day about the talk that your parents gave you like about sex. And my answer was like, I was sent to true love weights. Uh huh. That was my sex talk. Yeah. Where they taught me that if I had sex, that I was like a ruined piece of paper or a piece of money or lollipop or rose petal or um, whatever else was, you know, ruined that day. Right. Um, the only reason I'm, I, and I don't think I'm more forward thinking than you. I think I just came stumbled upon it earlier and that's because I got pregnant. Right. And I saw through a lot of the bullshit way sooner. Right. Um, and so I am at a place that this is kind of an uncomfortable conversation because I don't have the words to discuss it without feeling like I'm stepping on someone's toes and I do not intend that. So at any point, cut me off and tell me when I've been an asshole because I need that. Um, I just, you know, my whole stance is sex work is work. Um, As long as it's not trafficking, that's a completely different thing. Trafficking and sex work are completely different and people want to lump it all together and you can't do that. Right. Um, so, um, and the other thing I wanted to say is just that this is from Lexus's point of view where she had no intention in her life of being a sex worker. And sure. so it comes from a place anybody does. I don't think anybody does. I don't think anybody does <laughs> no, but uh, you know, like the narrative that I get comes from her point of view that has a place of shame behind it. Yeah. And that that's going to color the language in this article that I took my notes from. And also, if you do like good on you. Right. Do whatever you want. Um, your body. Listen. And. Except get vac- vaccinated. <laughs> right. Because that affects everyone. Um, so anyway, afterwards, Sharon and Kathy told her how things worked. The madams rented out the massage room to the women between the hours of 10 and six for $30 per half hour session. Um, And the women could keep any tips for extras. And then there was a breakdown like oral sex was $60, just straight up sex was $100, anal sex was $150. um, And then everything else was negotiated on a case by case basis. Um, And then the women- I'd more, but that's just me. Right. Listen, this is 2004 where $8,000 debt is a lot, apparently. So true. At least in this movie, it was during the housing bubble burst. And that, like, I was like, I get that. Like, right. (laughs) Um, So out calls were riskier and therefore more expensive, ranging anywhere from $150 per half hour to $1,000 for the whole night. So is that like a house call? Yeah. Okay. Um, and Sharon and Kathy negotiated their cut from each of those sessions as well. Okay. Um, they told Lexus up front that they didn't need or have a security guard that Sharon sat at the, at the desk near the front waiting room. Um, and that she could be tough if a suspicious customer came in and asked for a massage, she'd say things like you need to make an appointment, um, and send him on his way. Her partner, Kathy had maintained this, first-rate madam status in town for more than 20 years this was not the first time they'd had a um a massage parlor like this um before the healing touch they'd run a parlor called medessa therapy Mm -hmm. um and before that she had one called rock hill therapy with her ex-mother-in-law um and 
Okay. I, okay. So I understand family businesses, but that's an awkward one for me. <laughs> I can't imagine working in that way with my right non-existent mother-in-law. Um, can you imagine with my mother-in-law, you've heard the stories. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, honey, your mother-in-law would turn you in. 100%. Um, So these were quietly operated all in Odessa. Once in a while, um, sorry, I lost where I was. Um, Once in a while, women would get slapped with like a class B misdemeanor resulting in a $200 fine and a night in jail. Um, But these people never really got big charges except for Kathy, who'd been fined several times for prostitution at Medessa, but she'd never been jailed. Um, She had been long enough that she had a few of her clients among her, I mean, a few of her, a few of the prominent lawyers as some of her clients. Um, And so they promised to protect her if she promised to protect them. So no sooner had Kathy and Sharon gone over their business model and explained the kind of money that Lexus could make. Um, And she said she was willing to give it a shot Basically, they said, give it a shot for one day. And if you don't like it, you can leave. There's no hard feelings. Mm -hmm. So she showed up the next day. Um, She got instructions on how things would go and um, was kind of partnered with veterans who helped give her her new name, which Lexus is the name she went by in this whole thing. But it was given to her by her two co-workers who um, said, let's call you Lexus because you're a smooth ride. So there you go. Wow. In the movie, they called her Brandy because she went down smooth. (laughs) Lifetime really worked hard for this. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Healing Touch had been looking for a new employee since late in the summer um, when a 32-year-old worker named Kelly had abruptly quit. She was a mother and a former waitress who'd been raised very Pentecostal and had worked at the Healing Touch from the beginning um, and had established herself as a very reliable moneymaker for the Healing Touch. Um, She had made it up to working for 14 clients a day, taking in between two and three thousand dollars a week. Um, But one day, I would enjoy. $3,000 Right. $3,000 a week. One and that's day under the table pay. Uh-huh. Um, one day she recognized a customer in the lobby and she said it just hit a little too close to home. It was the preacher who'd given her grandmother's eulogy and the same preacher who'd baptized her son. And when she confronted the man about it, he just nodded unfazed. And then he basically said, are you going to give me my massage or not? Nope, sure I'm not. Um, and, and then the Texas Monthly article went on to explain that the women who worked at the Healing Touch was actually kind of used to this kind of overlap between working there and being out in public in Odessa. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. that Sam saw people out, like went to church with a client and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that um, 
But also, too, I don't know if this is true. She was like also like halfway being a therapist for her clients. She was. And so her her like the guy at church, like she files into the row in front of him and sits down and she recognizes him. But she, you know, and he looks scared. And so she kind of turns her head. But the wife is behind her, like gushing about this new expensive watch that her husband just bought her. And it's because she told him to go buy her one. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that she actually did. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so Kelly said though, that after a second visit from the same pastor, she couldn't do the business anymore. Yeah. Um, I get the that. Next- that- so the next time he showed up, she passed him off to one of the other girls, but she started having nightmares at her job, um, nightmares about her job at the healing touch. I mean, and, mm-hmm. um, she developed, she said she started popping Xanax, like potato chips was the quote in the article, um, to get over the anxiety she developed, um, and all the stress induced in the nightmares and all that. I mean, I will say like, sex work is work. Sex work is not shameful or embarrassing or it shouldn't be in this country. But also I think it takes a certain type of person to do it. Yes. And if you're not that type of person, it's going to be really difficult Oh yeah. for you mentally. Yeah. And if you are somebody, if you are somebody to whom like strong Pentecostal values are important as it seems Kelly are Mm -hmm. Kelly is, I don't think that that's this type of person who is cut out for sex work because tied so closely to a Christian religion, like, like Pentecostalism, like baptism, any of that is this view of sex as a sacred practice. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it really will eat away. I mean, you're exactly right. You know, I just had a a similar conversation with somebody this week, um, growing up in the SBC, like a, you know, back to this topic, like my, if I was, you know, doing this and my pastor walked in, I would melt into the floor and die. Yeah. But also like, even when you start to recover from purity culture and everything that it taught you was bad about yourself and terrible about yourself and all that, um, and terrible about sex, you know, until you're married and then you're supposed to be like this amazing, you know, sex kitten that, you know, performs for your husband at at a drop of a hat, even though you spent, you know, however many years knowing that sex was bad. Right. Um, Even once you get over that or start to get over that, it, it sticks with you. I was telling somebody, like, I cannot tell you how many times, even as I was deconstructing from my faith and, you know, learning things and how like that worked for me in life, I would go back to it. Yeah. That was like the last thing, like, even when I was, when I didn't go to church anymore and I didn't believe all that, I would go back to purity as like the thing. Yeah. Like, obviously sex is sacred. And so, you know, it would, it would pull me back every time and it took a long time and I'm still not completely over it. It's a lot. It is. It is. Um, So one day Kelly said she was putting on her makeup and she's just decided that like she was at work, she's Mm -hmm. putting on her makeup and she just decided to walk to the church next door called higher realm ministries which is almost as good as oasis of love that i was telling you about earlier listen that's the best cult name oasis of love (laughs) right um she walked into higher realm ministries and cried for hours and confessed everything to the preacher kenneth hughes 
Um, and she quit that afternoon and took the next bus to her dad in Arkansas. And Hughes called Crime Stoppers and reported everything that she'd said. And a week later, Kelly herself phoned Crime Stoppers and reported the business's illegal activities, adding, quote, there's an assistant district attorney involved. There's lawyers, there's businessmen. Um, and Kelly went on to say that she thinks that the Crime Stoppers initially thought that she was lying to them. Um, I think it's that. I think if you call Crime Stoppers and there are enough people on the other end that know the secret and don't want it to get out, it's right. not going to. Right. Um, and then, um, you know, and but I, it went on to say Kelly wasn't lying, obviously, because it's not like the people stopping at the Healing Touch were. Um, kind of fly by night or like you know shrouded in dark and mystery um the texas monthly kind of described it as the type the kind of men you'd meet at a rotary club luncheon they said some Mm -hmm. were older like (laughs) the septuagenarian who finished a threesome with two women by telling sharon this is simultaneously the biggest waste of money and my best use of it wow (laughs) yep um but more often they were married professionals from odessa aged 40 to 60 um for them healing touch was more like an errand and part of their routine the the article described it um in the middle of the day on the way to the bank or the drugstore they'd stop in for a half hour visit and sharon said God, I had no idea how much a man needs to be told he's studly. You'd be surprised how many times I'd hear the girls chuckling over how so-and-so came in and spent 15 minutes flexing in the mirror and asking, do you think I'm fat? Oh, absolutely not. Men need to feel important. And sometimes family and pressure at work and aging takes that away from them. There is a scene in the movie where she's telling her friend, like her, her friend is like, what's it like? And she's like, really? Mostly it's just telling these guys that they look good. And so her friend gets up and she's like, well, now I got to go home and tell my husband he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, she, or, no, she said they want to hear that their, um, their guts are small and their, their, you know, their dick is huge. And she's like, well, now I got to go home and tell my husband he's not fat. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and then which you should be anyway, because, you know, body positivity is for everyone. Right. Um, but um, mostly Crime Stoppers wasn't surprised to get this call because as the um, detectives who were on this case said, quote, I received 10 or 15 tips on this place a day. We got more calls from this place than any other prostitution place I've ever seen, he went on to say. How? Okay. How many places, like, I don't know. I feel like it's so prevalent now with like OnlyFans and, uh-huh. you know, being able to upload your own videos to Pornhub and like make money from that. I just, are there a lot of like massage, like am I, am I going to massage place where somebody else is getting a happy ending and I'm just getting a regular fucking massage? <laughs> Because that's what's going to piss me off. And how do you ask that? If the guy gets a happy ending, I want one too. That's not fair. I I agree. Gender equality. Yes. (laughs) Feminism. 
Sex work is, is I'll pay for it. Sex work is work. Um, so cool. one time the agents, because the agents were getting these tips, but they didn't have any hard evidence. You know, it's just right. hearsay, even if it's 15 tips a day. Yeah. Um, so one time they sent in an undercover agent for a massage but mm-hmm. the man walked in and was like, uh, I'm, I'm here for, for a massage. And Sharon was like, do you have a referral uh-huh. and get the fuck out? Yeah. Um, and I think that's how they're able to keep it under wraps is you have to be referred by another person that is reputable and goes there because then if you bring it down, you're bringing everybody with you. It's, it's almost the way that they ran this for so long and so well is it's almost cult activity. Yeah. There was culpability in the uh-huh. numbers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but like literally the best cult ever and not as scary. Anymore. Right. <laughs> um, so um, they knew that they weren't going to be able to get take to break up an illegal prostitution ring so a source called and accused them of dealing drugs and that's when they knew that they could actually bust something that drugs were easier to get a um a warrant for without much evidence um and that in november with the help of the fbi the odessa police the odessa police installed cameras across the street from the parlor and um began to monitor the like, or to begin to watch the monitor around the clock. Mm -hmm. The officer on surveillance duty wrote down license plate numbers and names of recognizable figures, zooming in on the Hummers, Jag. Okay. How do you say that expensive car? That's actually just a Ford with new packaging. J-A-G-U-A-R-S. Jaguar. Jaguar. Um, because here in East Texas, where I grew up, it's Jaguar. Yeah. Um, and every time I start to say it, I really have to stop and pause. (laughs) So funny story about Thanksgiving that ties back into this kind of, um, I was at dinner. So I'm, we're not allowed to talk politics around my parents because, um, even though my dad's the one that always brings it up, but um, it's neither here nor there. I was Um, about to ask whose rule is that? Because yeah, my mom's rule. Um, anyways, um, so I was at my, um, my aunt's house and we were all talking about politics and how Hot Wheels needs to go and Ted Cruz needs to go and all that. And, um, but my aunt was saying, oh, I just, you know, I, you know, I think Ronald Reagan was a great president. And I just like dead ass was like, <laughs> okay. And she looked at me, she's like, clearly you don't agree. And I was like, let me tell you about Ronald Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was because they were talking about Matthew McConaughey possibly running for governor, which he announced today he's not going to. So thank God God for that. Um, And I said, I think we've had enough of celebrities um, running for political office for our lifetime. And she was like, she brought up Ronald Reagan. And I was like, no, Mm, right. No, ma'am. So let's see, where was I? So they would zoom in on the like, I mean, these were expensive cars. Like I mentioned, they were Hummers and Jaguars and Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Um, And members of the narcotics crew would walk past the monitor on the way out of the office and shake their heads and just groan. And um, 
How are not any of them being like, oh, that's so-and-so's car? Well, one of them said, I had been the best man at one of their weddings. So they were, but they, none of them had a reason to assume that they had drugs on them. And so they're running and checking everything they can to see if like known drug traffickers were frequenting the place or anything like that. But they weren't. It was all these up and up citizens of the city. Right. Because never mind. I'm, uh-huh. I will go on an epic rant. I'm not. I'm, um, so a few weeks later on her first day at the healing touch, Lexus took home $700 on that first day. Um, it was enough money to keep her coming back. And within a week, she was pulling in between $200 and $1,000 per day, working the 10 to 6 shift Monday through Friday. Hold on. Let's see. We're going to average $700 a day for five days a week. So 20 days. It's $182,000. Golly. I need to start churning out some blowjobs. I need, uh, you know, I need to follow my boudoir photographer's advice and start an OnlyFans. <laughs> Listen, um, so she drove an hour and a half between Big Spring and Odessa and she would turn home each night to cook dinner, to give her kids a bath and um, to, it said to give her husband who believed she was working as a legitimate massage therapist to kiss goodnight um yeah she said like she says in the movie nobody asks questions right while you're the one with all the money and then when it all goes away it's like oh wait now i'm mad right she also said that she never saw herself as a prostitute at least not at first quote um that was part of her quote i didn't see myself Mm -hmm. as a prostitute i was a friend i always said i'm not a prostitute i'm customer service um she said that she counseled her clients on the ways they could re-engage their wives in a relationship. Many of them told her things like, I wish my wife would call me when she was thinking about me. If Lex, if Lexus was unsympathetic to these complaints, she always felt free to swat them on the shoulder and tell them that they were being an ass. You need to buy your wife some flowers, she'd say, and then they would. So mm-hmm. like, like you said, she really was counseling them on like how to improve their marriages. Right. Um, and this didn't go unnoticed clients who used to ask for Paige because she was like that ideal blonde, perfect Southern mm-hmm. bo- bell, you know, uh-huh. we're now asking for Lexus instead. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> hardly anybody went for, uh, would schedule for Melinda. Now, um, Melinda had said, I mean, customers didn't really like my attitude. <laughs> I mean, she's, she knows, she knows. Right. (laughs) That Christmas clients were giving her bonuses of, we're giving Lexus bonuses of up to $1,500. They'd invite her on vacations with them. A few even begged to be her sugar daddy. Um, and meanwhile, Kathy and Sharon were getting reports from their in-the-know clients that the police were trying to infiltrate their operation. Um, but the two women figured that as long as they could keep the cops from getting into one of their massage rooms, no mm-hmm. charges could be made. Um, and they figured that they were facing misdemeanor charges at the most. They had no idea that this drug investigation was going on. 
Right. Which, and, uh, what a shitty cop client who's not telling you. Right. Um, and with wealthier and wealthier clients showing up by the day, they continued undaunted. Um, so they noticed that this increase in um, like customer satisfaction was going on and they knew that the world was changing. This is 2004. So this is just when um, Craigslist and places like that were becoming mm-hmm. a, a popular hub thing, for yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And so they had all of their women create um, Craigslist. Yeah. Like ads. Most okay. importantly, there was this international adult entertainment webpage. They didn't list in the article what it was not that I was going to search for it but that they had to create these profiles where you could like be reviewed yeah mm -hmm. I remember that oh I think we talked about it in the Craigslist killer I think we did too um man that guy was a fucking douchebag yep but um the evaluations poured in Lexus even laughed and said I read those reviews I hated them some of them were such lies Um, But within a few weeks, Lexus was so popular that the website administrator made her, uh, like, requested a limit on her customers posting because of the amount of reviews she was getting was crashing the server. So, girl, all of a sudden she was taking out calls with men from as far away as Germany. They came in from New York, Colorado, San Antonio, she said. I was like, you want me? And they were like, yeah. And I wonder who it was from sitting Right. I want, I'm so curious. Well, I have a few ideas, but <laughs> very curious. Um, I have I, a few ideas I almost, just from personal knowledge and from like people I see on TV a lot. That I, I almost said, what are the people that I think it might be from San Antonio? And I was like, oh God, they have enough money to sue me. I'll tell Aaron when we're <laughs> off air. Yeah. We'll talk, <laughs> we'll talk about it after. I know, I know some fucking secrets, man. Um, I could bring down quite a few people if I really wanted to. She, she did say though, that as much as this, as much as she liked the attention and of course the money, it did take a big toll on her family life. Yeah. He said, there were days when I went home and thought you can't kiss these kids after what you've been doing. And it was hard. I'd go home and tell myself you were doing it for these babies. If they wanted those little shocker tennis shoes, they had them. That was the only way I could justify going there every day. Um, But um, the money, of course, wasn't just going to the kids. Lexus began using cocaine. And before long, she was snorting up to $250 worth of cocaine a day. Oh, my God. I would die. Like, actually die. She lost weight. She dwindled down to, like, 98 pounds. Um, She said the cocaine made the job a lot easier but it strained her relationship with her husband. Once he asked if she did extras on the job and she looked over at him and wanted to admit everything and said, she just laughed and said, why do you want one? And Mm -hmm. then he just dropped the subject. Um, But by midwinter, she had separated from her husband. She moved out of their home and into a rented townhouse in Odessa. Um, And it was here that her drug habit really escalated the most. Um, so now she was, now that she was living in town, the line of men willing to risk their careers and marriages for a few minutes with her was growing longer by the second, it seemed. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, 
they also all knew that Lexis had a flawless memory. She said, I'd say, how'd the game go? How are the kids? How was the marathon? And they were amazed that I remembered everything about them, which yeah. brings me back to where we started. Yes. Um, after Paige, Lexis, and Melinda were separated, the three did exactly what the police hoped they would. They spilled the names of their clients. When they didn't know the client's full names, the women would be shown pictures of men that the officers had seen on the tape. And the women would answer, oh yes, I've been with him X number of times and he wanted Y done and I charged him with Z. I charged him Z. Um, and the officers were stunned at the girl's memory, the women's memory, particularly Lexus's, despite being so nervous that her hands were shaking and so strung out on cocaine that her nose bled the entire five hour interview. Um, she had a photographic memory, um, that, and he, okay, was, so they do confirm that she has one. That's what they say in this article. Okay. Cause they didn't ever say like in the movie and I was like, she's got to have a eidetic or photographic memory right. in order to remember. Cause she does this several times throughout the movie, not just with the list, but, um, in the beginning, when she goes to the bank to talk about the mortgage, she's like, well, um, I remember you told us, it, and this is why I remember the housing book, because they were talking about subprime loans and, right. um, you know, movable interest rates and all that stuff. And she's like, and I remember you said this and this and this, and also you were wearing a black jacket, taupe shirt, and you, your tie had a stain on it. And she's like, and you were nervous because you were going to take your, your picture that day. And she flips around his like ID picture and she's like, see, there's your, there's your tie. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's how they describe it in this article. Um, He's the, in fact, the investigator who interviewed her said he was still impressed months after the interview. Like he could not something about how detailed her memory was. Yeah. And he said, at first I thought she was bullshitting until I started interviewing the guys and the stories were identical. I'd ask how many times have you been with the, that guy? And she'd say nine. Then I'd ask the guy the same question. He'd say nine, I think. And she remembered everything. There was never a discrepancy. Um. What puzzled her, what puzzled Lexus was the, their interest in specific individuals. There were many names we gave them that they didn't want, people who weren't prominent enough. Lexus said, they said, we want folks we can do something with. Because at the end of the day, it's all political. Yep. So with, Everything the, is. with the help of Lexus and the other women's statements, um, a client book obtained and a client book obtained from Kathy's former massage parlor, Medessa therapy, the police began conducting interviews when officers brought the accused men into the station for questioning 95% of them confessed to soliciting prostitution. Um, but still the matter remained relatively quiet until the June 3rd edition of the Odessa American whose headline read, Deputy District Attorney Haddon resigns. Prostitution investigation implicates dozens of prominent businessmen. And from there, the town went crazy. So the arrests began officially on July 27th and Odessans literally like gathered around their TVs to watch the news unfold. Um, they announced that they'd arrested 68 men along with um, Medessa Therapies owner Janet Leitz, who was arrested for promoting prostitution, um, in order to process the group with the utmost efficiency, they brought everyone to a large facility close to um, the detention center and then processed them like in a big batch. Yeah. 
That happened in the movie too. Yeah. Um, so inside the building, some of the men recognized each other and tipped their hats or chuckled nervously. They said in row, can you imagine like, what are you here for? <laughs> and this again goes back to the idea that, or not the idea, the fact that for these men, this is not anything that's a big deal to them. Right. They don't give a fuck. Right. They know they're not going to jail. No. They know that there's nothing's bad that's going to happen. And they're going to get slapped with a misdemeanor. They're going to pay a fine and go on their merry way. Yeah. And their they're... wife's going to be pissed with them for six months, but they're going to buy them some nice jewelry and shit. And then everything's going to be fine. They face a $2,000 fine and up to six months in jail. But the standard plea bargain was $1,500 fine and 30 days in jail. Yeah. Why are we like, and why are these, uh-huh. why are these women like being completely villainized when at the end of the day, these men are doing the exact same thing? Yeah. I fucking hate it. Um. So the, the most, the most, um, like biggest repercussion, I think that came from all of this was that the list of 68 men was printed in the Odessa American, um, all the, you know, people picked off the names they recognized, including, uh, a well-known substitute teacher, attorneys, ranchers, multimillionaires, deacons from local churches, a prominent accountant, a welder, even an editor at the Odessa American. Um, See, here, here I go again. I'm so sorry. This, you know, everyone villainizes the women for being the sex workers, right? These men are pretending to be something they are not. Right. They're in your church telling you how to live your life, especially in the SBC or a Pentecostal church telling you how to live your life and telling you that sex is wrong while they're going to this kind of like, like to this place yep. to have sex with women, to pay for sex with women. Yep. Which is fine. It's, it should be legal. Do it, but don't be a fucking hypocrite. Exactly. Fuck you. Um, sorry. You plucked a nerve. I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> um, let's see. Do, do, do. Attorney Scott Tidwell, who'd been a healing touch client, but who also threw parties with, um, threw parties with his favorite sex worker at Odessa's finest hotel, was charged with two counts of promotion of prostitution and one count of prostitution. Um, so he got the biggest charges in the end. Um, Sharon and Kathy received <laughs> right. Sharon and Kathy received a year and a day in prison for the federal drug charges and two years for the state prostitution charges. Dude, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. The um, sex workers faced an average of 15 days in jail and a thousand dollar fine. Um, so they in fact had less of a sentence than any of the men who were arrested. Good. Um, because the they in fact got five hundred dollars less and half the jail time that the plea bargains got, which is good. Except the two madams got way more, way more, which yeah. is fucked up. Um, and then they all kind of said the hardest adjustment they had was adjusting to the salary of their new jobs, like a grocery store clerk or a secretary, mm-hmm. but. They all, they all felt a little relief that the healing touch had closed. 
I bet. And so, um, as it sounds like, Lifetime took this article where I got the bulk of this information and just turned it into a fictional account because I cut out a lot like the whole thing that I told you with the guy that was like, now, you know, there are lots of men named John Smith mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, but um, it sounds like they even used those small asides in mm-hmm. the movie to really round out this story. They did. Um, well, this case pisses me off. Uh-huh. And so tell me something you're reading or a Christmas movie you watched or something happy. Um... Well, something happy is that I leave a week from today for Disney World. I know. I'm so excited for you guys. I'm so pumped. Except I'm a little jealous because I was supposed to go during 2020 and I didn't get to go. Yeah. So we were supposed to go during 2020 also. And so this is our reschedule. Um, Mm -hmm. And this time it's a little bit bigger because we have an adorable little boy that we're going with too. Yeah. Um, So that's exciting. And um. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah. That said, while I am gone, we will not be putting up a new episode. We will pull out a vault episode. Yes. Um, and then I should be back in time for us to record the next week's episode. Right. Um, so it's just one week that I will be out. Yay. But you tell me something good now. Okay, well, um, if you're looking for a good Christmas movie to watch, definitely go check out An Unexpected Christmas. It has Tyler Hines, um, Bethany Joy Lentz, and it was written by Paul Campbell. I watched it this weekend. It was the premiere. It was incredible. I loved it. Super funny, super touching, super poignant. Christmas feels. I loved it. And then um, have you picked your book of the month yet? I have not. Okay, well, I have um, the online or the the online book club that I am in um, on Facebook. One of the girls in my book club, her sister's book is a book of the month. Oh, really? Yes, it's called A Flicker in the Dark. It's a it's a pre release, so it releases in January, but you can get it in December. Um, it looks really, really interesting. It does. I just opened my app. I'm going to make that my book. And so I, and, and then I got my, um, you know, you get like one of the book of the year finalists. Uh-huh. So I got the four wins because that's the only one I didn't already. <laughs> <laughs> so I did pretty well with the book of the year finalists this year. Oh, that's <laughs> Kristen Hannah. So uh-huh. I love Kristen Hannah, but her books are so long. They're all yeah. so long. Apparently, according to the um, the page for this, the person that read it for Book of the Month read the 400 plus pages in 36 hours. So, oh my gosh, I better be fucking captivated. So, we'll see. Okay, so on the winners and finalists, um, I read one, two. I read all but one, two. Uh, three, four, five. So there's six or seven I haven't read on here, but I've read most of this list. It's a good list. Oh, I just checked. Hold on. December. Let me pick up where I left off here. Um, Book of the year. I don't even know where to find it now, but I, there were only like, it only showed me like five and I'd read four of them. Oh, I'm looking at the like overall book of the year finalists so the 2021 book of the year finalists i read one 
two. I've only read two of those. Okay. But the list that it, it gave me was. I had The Lost Apothecary, Razor Blade Tears, People Who Eat on Vacation, and Malibu Rising, and The Four Winds. And I'd read everything but The Four Winds. Yeah. So, like, I've read all except for one of the 2020. I've only read two of the 2021. I've read all except for one of the 2019 all except for one of the 2018. So it looks like I've read almost all this. Oh, 2016, one of the winners is When Breath Becomes Air. If you've Mm -hmm. not read that, I highly, highly, highly recommend. So I've read three of the 2020, one, three of 2019. Also- One of 2018. Our girl, Taylor Jenkins Reid, was on the 2017 2019 and 2021 list yep and back to 2016 i've only i have oh i haven't read any of those so i've got some catching up to do so gentlefa gentlemen in moscow is written by one of my favorite contemporary authors amber i own the book i just haven't read it yet super super good the thing i will tell you that helps you track more easily is that amor tolls plays with time really interestingly in that book Mm -hmm. And so like between the first chapter and the second chapter, like 10 years passes or something. And then the Mm -hmm. next time there's a jump in time, it's five years. And then it's two and a half years. And then he goes incrementally by half Half. every time. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to finish up um, the arc I have right now that drops on Tuesday. So hold on, let me tell you what that is. wish you were here bye it's not gonna tell me cover jody picolt oh yeah you told me you're reading that Mm -hmm. jody picolt is too sad for me it's a really great book um so far i'm about halfway through it so yeah um oh there's an interesting book I wanted to tell you about. And I think I've got this written here. Let me make sure this is. Yeah. So there's a book called We Are Not Like Them by mm-hmm. um, Christine Pride and Joe Piazza. Um, they are a, um, a white woman and a black woman who've written this book together of a they're very good friends. So they wrote a book about best friends who are a black woman and a white woman who the white woman is married to a police officer. Okay. And on the heels of, um, George Floyd and, you know, a couple summers ago now, or last, all time has run together, um, on the heels of that and stepping back and reevaluating police brutality, um, Ooh, don't get me started. This right. week was a good and bad week for that. These two best friends are also having to navigate their lives and understanding each other. Interesting. Um, yeah. And it, I listened to an interview with the authors mm-hmm. and it was, they just sound incredible. I've not even read it and I'm plugging this book. So it's got amazing reviews. It's wow. recommended by people that I love and trust. Um, but also to hear about their creative process and to hear about the author's 
discussing how they had to have a, even as close, close friends had to discuss these very difficult, heavy race relation conversations, but also they felt that it would not be true to their characters if the white author only wrote the black, the white character and the black author only wrote the black characters. So they yeah. both wrote both characters point of view together. That's and awesome. so you really had to embody another person and live, you know, like get your friend's experiences sure. in a way that you, that you don't normally. And I thought That's that was awesome. such a fascinating way to approach that. That's all. I, I will definitely have to check that out. That is so cool. Um, I have my new, I got my new candle today from, um, I, I have a candle problem I'm finding. Um, I can't stop buying them, but it's from malicious candle, malicious women candle company. Um, nice. the, uh, the original candle I got from them was the, um, my favorite season is fall, the patriarchy. Uh-huh. And this one is called shut the fuck up. I'm reading. Yes. So I got that and I'm ready to go. <laughs> Very good. Um, well, I just released new shampoo and conditioner bars in yeah, my you did. online shop. Um, and I am finishing up my Christmas release mm-hmm. and I will start pouring up my January I need release. I to make an Christmas. order, but I don't get paid till Friday. So <laughs> that's fine. Everything is pulled off the website right now because I was at that event this weekend. It'll be all back yeah. tomorrow. Um, Sweet. but yeah, so we've got a lot going on and there's a lot going on in the world. And, um, I will talk to all of y'all at home in two weeks and I'll probably text you before I even make it home. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, why don't you tell the people where they can find us in the meantime, if they miss you, you know, I never can remember these things. Okay. Um, You can find us on Twitter at life sentence pod and on Instagram at lifetime sentence, facebook.com slash lifetime sentence on TikTok at lifetime sentence we mm-hmm. post sporadically, but when we do, it's fun. Yes. Um, you can find us on, um, at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Yep. And then you can find episode notes and merch at lifetime sentence.com. You can also shoot us an email at podcast at lifetime sentence.com. Mm-hmm. And so until next time, don't forget to eat your vegetables, charge your phone. Bye. Bye.